it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is time once again for yet another Raw Review. This is your Raw Review for Monday, September 6th, 2021. We are steamrolling through this year. I can't believe that it's already almost fall. It's crazy how fast time has flown. It truly seems like yesterday when we all started this little journey and uh i can't believe we've been doing this for (laughs) overall i think it's been almost two years since we've started podcasting and um it's crazy how fast time flies but Hot off of a ridiculous Sunday of wrestling. Interesting to see what Raw would do. Not so much to counterbalance it, but to see what they have to offer after undoubtedly AEW's All Out literally went all out. So we'll see what happens. Um, for me personally, I enjoyed this show, and I'll tell you why. If you've listened to our regular Above the Ring podcasts, you know the one of the running jokes that Sam and I have is that my personal love for tournaments, battle royales, rumbles, all that stuff. Well, Raw tonight was essentially pretty much... Half the show was dedicated to a tag team turmoil, which in itself is essentially a tournament. It's a gauntlet match. It's another one of my favorites. So, personally, I enjoyed this match. I enjoyed the pacing of it. I enjoyed the breaks that they had in between. Um, But we'll get into that as, as we start talking. But a good show for the flagship show. Um... Nothing super spectacular, because, you know, we're building towards Extreme Rules, which is coming up towards the end of the month. But we're moving in a good direction. We get some matches that are starting to be set up for Extreme Rules. 
So let's get into the show itself. So we kick off Raw, like I was talking about earlier, with all seven teams in this tag team turmoil saying a little bit, you know, going in and doing little little quick promos uh, each one at a time. And I personally like that. They used to do this on Raw and SmackDown, where they'd have certain people start talking right at the beginning of the show, kind of like bringing the crowd into, you know, what's going to be happening today type, you know, that type of feel. Kind of give you a, a cheat sheet as to what's coming up. I, I like that. Uh, I'm kind of glad they brought that back for tonight. So, after that happened, uh, the Raw Tag Champs, RK Bro, came out to the ring and did a little promo. Talking about how they're ready to go. Uh, they'll take on whoever wins this tag team turmoil next week. And then we'll go forward from there. Also, Randy taking some shots at the almighty WWE champion, Bobby Lashley. Started continuing with the whole, you know, he's just a greedy son of a bitch and just wants more titles, etc., etc., etc. This... Unfortunately, draws the ire of MV, MVP and Lashley themselves, who come out and state that they will be contacting Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville, and will be trying to add themselves to the tag team turmoil match. So we'll have eight teams. And, of course, after they say that they're going to win the match, then he's going to take the tag titles from Randy, and then he'll have both champions, both championships. However, Randy able to work himself into that, stating that he wants to have a WWE championship match at Extreme Rules. So things kind of coming into play. Looks pretty good. At this point, I don't have a problem with Randy challenging for the title. <laughs> uh, obviously, for those who have been following us for a while, know of the friendly rivalry that myself and my buddy Sam over at Know the Ropes have. Uh, but this time, I, I feel like we can join forces and, and root for the Viper to get that next title. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm sure I'll find a reason to to turn on Randy because, you know, that's just how that works. <laughs> but while all those four are squabbling, the New Day music hits. Woods, Kofi come out stating that they are here to kick off the tag team turmoil match. And their first opponents right behind them were the Viking Raiders. So, right off the bat, I'm thinking to myself, okay, New Day is probably going to pull this one out, but the Raiders are probably going to give them a beating. Well, I was correct. New Day did pin the Viking Raiders. They moved on. Jindamal and Veer were next, but they were quickly dispatched as well. 
bringing out the Lucha House Party with brand new music, I think. Um, I haven't watched main events, so I don't know if they've been if that was debuted there. But I like the the newer music. It's 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 different. Um, but I like I like the beat for it. It's it's good. So they come out. They have themselves a good match as well. But Lucha House Party also gets eliminated. So New Day already on a tear. After that. Mace and T-Bar are next. And Mace and T-Bar really take it to New Day throughout this their, throughout their match. But they get a little cocky, and it costs them. As they, too, get eliminated, which then brings out Mon, um, Mansoor and Ali. However, this is where things kind of fall apart a little bit. Mace and T-Bar clearly upset by getting pinned. So they decide to take out both New Day and Mansoor and Ali on the outside. Um, literally destroying all four men by themselves. Uh, this causes Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville to come out with a whole bunch of security and, and trainers, etc., etc., to pull T-Bar and Mace away. And while we're on commercial break, they were stating to the crowd that they're going to give New Day and Mansoor and Ali some time to recover, and they will continue tag team turmoil later in the night. And they will instead switch to the rest of tonight's activities. So it was a nice little break. We get about halfway through, so this leaves four teams because Lashley and MVP were officially added to the tag team turmoil match. So, while that's on hold, we then had some singles action, which actually had some championship ramifications attached to it. It was Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, and the winner would take on Damian Priest at Extreme Rules. Of course, <laughs> when you think about these two, they've been fighting forever. They beat the ever-living snot out of one another. It was a real fun match to watch, especially if you like physicality and brutality. In, I would probably say a bit of a shocker, but personally feel that it's a, a, the best move. Sheamus actually gets the win here, but Drew doesn't take too kindly to it. Uses Sheamus's mask that he ripped off during the match, smashes him over the face with it, and then proceeds to give him the claymore after the fact. Frustration, slight heel turn, we'll see. But once again, Drew is out of a title picture, and Sheamus will get his rematch with Damian Priest of Extreme Rules. Now, I'm really hoping that with Extreme Rules, that they do some stipulations, because the Extreme Rules pay-per-view was supposed to be, you know, kind of like what they did with ECW. You know, the one-night stand that they used to have. But they kind of changed that. 
They turned it into Extreme Rules, and it's gone from being an Extreme Rules pay-per-view, from a hardcore pay-per-view, to we'll have a few stipulations, but we'll also have some plain one-on-one matches, which kind of defeats the purpose of the pay-per-view. The whole point is it's supposed to be all hardcore-related stipulations, different types of hard-hitting matches, but it's really watered down, which I guess kind of goes with what they've done with ECW since they bought them. So I, I, I truly believe that this is one of those pay-per-views that should be uh, dropped by the wayside. Um, I'm all for some giving pay-per-views, but this one personally doesn't serve any purpose anymore, um, especially since they're not doing it the way it probably should be done. But that's just my opinion. Let me, let me know what you guys think about that. You know, should we keep uh, all these interviews that WWE has? Should we cut them down? You know, maybe have instead of, I don't know, what is it, 15 per year? Have like eight, 10, you know, kind of space them out a little bit more. Give the writers some, some you know, some time to actually build the proper storyline. Should we go back to like five or six? Let me know. I, I really would like to know you guys' opinion on this. But coming off my tangent and off my soapbox, we'll get back into the show. Something that I am really appreciating lately on Raw is this odd couple of Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley. I don't know why, but this seems to these two together is probably some of the most awkwardly fun stuff to watch. <laughs> it's just, they're so polar opposite. It just, it works. Uh, they had themselves championship contenders match versus the WWE Women's Champions, Natalia and Tamina. And once again, the tag champs take the loss here with Rhea pinning Natalia now, it kind of makes me wonder because Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox have beaten the champs as well multiple times, but they have yet to receive tag team title match. But yet, now that Rhea and Nikki have beaten them, they also are as well in line for a tag team championship match. Does this mean that maybe we'll have ourselves a triple threat at Extreme Rules? Who knows? Maybe. Could be interesting. We'll see what happens on, on SmackDown on Friday. Um, but I'm really hoping that they do something that you know allows there to be multiple people in this, you know, multiple teams in this match. Um, because I'm a little tired of the women's champions losing. And not giving their people, not giving the teams that beat them a championship match. It just, I don't know. It just feels like weird booking. I know that's been happening a lot lately, but I'm hoping that, you know, they can start correcting this and get it back on track. After that, we had our next episode of Moist TV, actually in the back, not in the ring, as John Morrison was interviewing Karrion Cross. 
basically asking Cross what he was going to be doing next. And, you know, Cross's answer was erasing John Morrison from, you know, the earth. And I'm like, oh, okay. Straight, simple, to the point. <laughs> um, this then translated into a match, which ended rather quickly, with Cross getting a win. Cross still feels so awkward without uh, Scarlet there, still wearing the gladiator mask and his straps and the lack of a killer entrance. It's just, yeah. So and they, they, I really wish they'd just fix this. And, uh, you know, give the people what they want. Up next, we had ourselves our Raw Women's Championship match as Charlotte defended against Nia Jax. Interesting, before this match really started, Shayna gets up on the ring apron with a mic stating that, you know, she wonders if her, if her partner will be able to win or if she'll, you know, choke when the championship's on the line. This, of course, was like a, wait, what type of moment? Nia clearly confused by it, and then the match starts, and we go off script, boys and girls, yet again. First few minutes of this was, uh, yeah, lots of hair pulling, lots of, you know, hands to the face. and I'm, th- I'm sitting there like, Oh man, this is getting nuts. And then I, then I really thought about it and goes, wait, are they doing this on purpose? But I'm not 100% sure, honestly, because at one point early on, Charlotte jumps literally, I don't know, I think Nia takes a swipe at her face and Charlotte ducks out of the ring, effectively tells Nia to suck it. <laughs> and then goes and tries to take her belt, tries to leave. Shane is there, kind of getting in her way. Charlotte trying to tell Shane to get out of the way, and Shane obviously is not moving. The Nia comes over the top, grabs Charlotte, pulls her in the ring by her hair, and then we actually have a little bit of a match. So, not sure if that was on purpose, if they did that whole thing because it, it got so much traction last week. <laughs> but it certainly piqued my interest in this. Um, if they were going to shoot fight, I wanted to see it. <laughs> Um, but crazy enough, Shayna gets involved yet again, this time purposely costing Nia the title. Charlotte ended up giving the win. So clearly the tag team between Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax is really officially done. And I now assume those two are going to feud, which should be interesting. I hope Shayna gets put over. Because I feel like Shane has been eating way too many pins lately. And she deserves um, she deserves a good a good win. But we'll see. However, Charlotte not to be left alone. We have Miss Bliss that pops up on our Titantron. Of course with Lily as well. Stating that, you know, now that she's done fighting, she would like to have Charlotte come to the playground so that they can they can talk and she wants to make sure Charlotte comes with her robes because Lily's been been itching to try one on and 
just a lot of pent-up energy, and she wants to have a little fun. Charlotte, obviously not falling for this, tells Miss Bliss, nah, I don't think so, not going to happen. So, Bliss is like, all right, fine. If you're not going to come to me, then I'll just come to you. Lights go out, start to flicker, and all of a sudden it's completely gone. A few seconds later, lights come back on, and Miss Bliss would literally stand right in the middle of the ring, waiting for Charlotte to notice, which she does rather quickly. Turns around and says, you're clearly here for something. What do you want? Alexa just takes her finger and just points at the WWE Women's Championship. And Charlotte's like, oh, you just want a Raw Women's title shot? Fine. You can have it. But just remember that this is not your playground. This is mine. So it's been thrown back out there. I know a lot of people were confused because... They kind of hinted at this a few weeks ago, and then the whole situation with Nia happened, and then everybody was like, oh, they just forgot this. This is pretty good. Crazy thing was, Alexa could probably be the biggest pop um, of the night so far. There's one that was much louder that we'll get to in a little bit. So people were still invested in Miss Bliss, so we'll see where she goes when it comes to Charlotte. After that, we had a 24-7 title match, an actual legitimate match, not just a, uh, a promo of vignette out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, Reggie took on and defeated uh, Kira Dezawa rather quickly. Uh, then this caused our truth Cedric Alexander, a whole bunch of others to come out and try to attack Reggie. Reggie using his ridiculous, you know, um, springs in his legs to bounce out of everywhere. Um, but then he runs into not an old nemesis of his, but an old nemesis of the 24-7 title in one Drake Maverick. Used to be on NXT, seemingly called back up to the main roster to Raw. It looks like he's going to be putting himself right back into this 24-7 Championship chase. Now, those of you who remember when the 24-7 title was first brought up, the social media the social media buzz around R-Truth and Drake Maverick fighting over this title was, for me, the perfect way to bring the title it's a relevancy. And they did a beautiful job for the longest time before the draft happened and Drake was drafted away from our truth in the title. And ever since then, Drake's been on the opposite side of things. He then went back to NXT for a little while. Obviously, he had the tag team with um, Killing Dane before Dane was released. And. After that, had a brief stint with the Cruiserweight Championship and then kind of seemingly disappeared. Now he's resurfaced back on Raw. And I have a feeling that the confrontations that he can have with Reggie and once again with our truth 
could really bring this title back. Because I know for the longest time, it's kind of been just our truth with the title. Somebody would sell or, or somebody else would grab it and then he'd get it back. And it was rinse and repeat for pretty much months. Now that Reggie has it, yeah, it's a little different because now Reggie's super athletic. He's in his kind of his element um, in the matches that he's having, and even the vignettes outside. Um, it's really worked to his advantage. Having Drake back in the mix now really makes it a little more special as well. So I'm actually a little excited about this. But getting back to match itself, or back to the, the show. Tag team turmoils continued. New Day, Mansoor, Ali come back out to the ring. They finish their matchup. New Day wins again. And unfortunately after that, our next tag team were the former Raw champs, AJ Styles and Omas. And as a ridiculous <laughs> as New Day's run has been tonight. They were put down by AJ Styles and Moss. And then our final competitors, Bobby Lashley and MVP. Now, I mentioned a little bit earlier that there was a huge pop tonight. Well, we got it during this match. We got it because. Omos and Bobby Lashley faced off in the ring. And this crowd exploded. I didn't see it coming, but I'm sure people in the back noticed. Um, obviously, I'm sure the people in the ring noticed. Bobby Lashley's used to being the one that throws people around. Omos was throwing Bobby around. <laughs> Um, if anything, this solidifies Omos's like complete and utter monster. And if they continue to do things correctly, he could easily, easily be challenging for a title within a couple of years. Um, he's obviously nowhere to ready now, but to have him in there with the champ and able to kind of dominate the champ was, was pretty spectacular to see. Um, the match itself, though, was pretty good. Crazy thing was, AJ tagged himself in at one point towards the end. Complete chaos. Um, Rand, meanwhile, Man, uh, Randy, Randy, <laughs> Randy and Riddle were out by commentary watching this whole match. They were there from the beginning, and they came back uh, once the tag team tour restarted. It got a little crazy. Lashley ends up spearing AJ Styles. Gets the pin. So him and MVP will challenge RK Bro next week for the tag titles. Omos then realizes that he and AJ lost. Comes in and literally destroys the champion. Leaves him laying. And then he picks up AJ like he does on most occasions and walks. And they walk to the back. So Lashley gets up all staggered and all, you know, pissed off at what had just happened to him. And then what happens? Randy slides in the ring. RKO out of nowhere. Leaves the champ laying. That's how the show ends. So I'm excited for their 
tag match next week. Should be interesting. I really don't know who to pick to win that match. Um, I kind of feel like if anybody's going to be a double champ, I feel like it's going to be Randy. Um, just to spite me. <laughs> um, but like I said, good show tonight, I thought. And, by raw standards, probably one of the best in a long time. Um, of course, that's just personally speaking because I really enjoy the turmoils and tournaments and such like that. Uh, but let me guys, let me let me know what you guys thought. Again, like I've been doing every Mondays and every Fridays, I put a poll out after the show asking how you guys started the show. We got twenty six votes already, so we're we're cooking. So go on. If you don't follow us already, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore bedlam. I'm sorry, I need that back. Strike that. <laughs> follow us at Above the Ring. So those old habits, they die hard, I'm telling you. And you can also find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as Above the Ring. You can find myself pretty much everywhere at Scott J Stream. You can find this podcast at pretty much every podcasting platform that is out there. If we're not a part of one that you listen to, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way we can, you know, you can do all your one-stop shopping and add a little bedlam to your day from above the ring. So, guys, thank you so much for listening once again. I truly appreciate you. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Hope you all have a one- I hope you all had a wonderful Labor Day. And we'll be right back come Saturday. For our SmackDown study, things are back to normal now that the pay-per-views are done. <laughs> for the time being, anyways. Um, and then Sam and I will be right back next Monday for our next Above the Ring episode. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Most importantly, though, do not forget to join the bedroom. Have a good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.